0: Uh, I'm here with Anthony Frazier. This is an entrepreneur that I've been pretty much stalking on Instagram <laughs> for the past <laughs> couple months. And I've been trying to get on the show. And I DM'd him and he agreed to be on the show. So now he's on the show. Yeah, um, but I'm
1: always open to talk to anybody. You know, it's just like, I think sometimes when people look at Instagram and they think people are unreachable. Yeah. But honestly, it'd be the you'd be surprised. It'd be the most the largest people be the most reachable, right? You right. know, and so like I was like, I'm not that large yet, but I want to be like I want to carry that same energy that they have. They right. make themselves available because it's, I think it's karma. At the end of the day, I'm still reaching out to people. Yeah, I'm trying to reach out to. So like if I'm not even if I'm not responding, responding to, to people, people who reach out me out, watch yeah. it, they respond to me. Exactly. So I think I think it's I think it's a cycle of karma that you create. So yeah. I'm always willing to you know as long as it ain't nothing outrageous, like, I'll, I'll, I'll definitely, you know, jump
0: on the phone or anything like that. Yeah, Anthony has, like, 11,000. I got, like, 500, so <laughs> I was happy he responded. Um, but, yeah, man, so I read your book, Don't Dumb Down Your Greatness. I read it last summer. Um, oh, dope, dope, it dope. was yeah. a very dope book. It was very interesting coming from the perspective of someone born in Newark and yeah. someone who went through a lot of shit and ultimately came out towards, maybe you're not where you want to be yet, but in your mind you got through what you got through
1: yeah <clears throat> the way i say it is like it's it's growth right um growth is always um for me i'm not where i want to be um i would say like i'm always pushing the goal line right you know like right. I, I found a different way to kind of word that you right. know because Absolutely. i don't I, like i'm grateful for everything i have right now and so i'm grateful for where i am You know, but I'm excited for where I want to go.
0: So give us a little bit about your background. Start off with a little bit of your childhood going into some of your your 20s. And and what was it? How did you get into entrepreneurship? What is the backstory of that?
1: Um, So I got into entrepreneurship, uh, I guess, the first time was when I was in high school. You know, um, you can't see him, but one of my good friends, best friends, Mujib, is here with me. And shout uh, out to me Mujib and him, in the back. Shout out to Mujib. <laughs> You know, we used to always be running around, you know, chilling, hanging out. And one of the things I used to do all the time was uh, go to the, uh, the library right. in high school. And I used to learn how to code HTML pages for Black Planet. By yourself? By myself. Wow. And so, like, what happened was people would be like, yo you know, code this Black Planet page for me or do this, you know, and I got so good at it. I was like, oh, like, I wonder if you can be paid for this. Right, right. And that's what got me interested in, like, um, computer science in general, you right. know, I was just like, yo, like, I don't know what I want to do when I leave high school, but I know I want to be involved in some kind of technology, uh, something like along the lines of that. Right. Because when people started, like, yo, I need you to do this for me, I need you to do this, I never charged anybody, but... The fact that I I experience demand and people wanted something from me i was like oh like maybe there's something i can make
0: out of it and, and why did you start coding like what was the interest to just learn html randomly it was just randomly? fun
1: yeah it was just fun i just wanted to make sure my page my black planet page wasn't whack that's it like it wasn't like it wasn't like yo i want to learn da, 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 da. i would just go to somebody's page and they had sprinkles coming down the screen like, you know, and something like yo, how do, do i do that like you know what i'm saying how do i and then you know honestly it, i got a lot of attention from like cute girls be I mean, cute girls like yo could you help me do this for my page or whatever, it's usually whatever. a good motivator. So that was yeah, that was good motivation for me. I was like, yo, let me jump in. And then eventually, um, you know, after high school, uh, I jumped into video games.
0: Okay.
1: Um, and I started like, you know, helping to create previews, reviews, all these different stuff for like a video game site. Me and a, a few friends had put together. Right. And um, once once that kind of grew, it grew to like a quarter million unique hits a month. Wow. Which is um, yeah. you know, organically. Right. You know, we weren't like doing um, anything crazy to promote it, just organically it grew. And it was like, Man, there's something about tech that just keeps pulling me closer to it, that keeps pulling me in. So, right. um, yeah, I mean, that was like my first like the coalition.com site was built in 2008, um, and it's literally still up today. So people can go, we still have writers today. We still have,
0: and that's a um, that tech blog of sorts that's or? a video game site, video, video game, site. game blog. Yep. Where, okay. Now, does it have video games people can play, or is just people talking about video games? Um, just talking, talking like podcasts,
1: games. previews, reviews, we travel, we do interviews with uh, developers, all those So this things. is
0: something you started in college that's still happening.
1: Yeah. Like, wow. Um, something I started in college, dropped out of college to do it full-time, and then went into the startup scene shortly after.
0: Wow, okay, all right, so I want to get into that story, but I want to talk a little bit about the beginning of the book and some of the bullying you went through in okay. middle school and... and uh, your younger years what yeah. was that like and and why do you think that was happening
1: um it was just because i was like you know i grew up with a chub as a chubby kid you know so like if you you're around a whole bunch of little kids and everybody you know is you know you the chubby kid of course right. you're gonna get the fat jokes right you're gonna get all those different jokes and stuff like that so for me it was pretty much just trying to make my way through to through a lot of that you know i struggled with that early on because you know when you you hang around family. Everybody love you. There's right. nothing wrong with you.
0: They want you to keep eating. Yeah. It's, it's <laughs> like, literally, okay. my grandmother
1: pushed some uh, grits and gravy. Like, you want some grits and gravy? You know, like, yeah, <laughs> grandma, some grits and gravy. <laughs> you know, rest in peace. You know, but it's it's, it's crazy because, like, you were so perfect to your family members. You right. were so normal to your family members. You you, you regular. There's nothing you, you could do wrong. You don't look wrong. Right. Nothing wrong with you. And then you go to school, and then you realize, wait. I got jeepers on, right? You know, wait, I'm fat. <laughs> wait, I'm, you know, because they're gonna tell you like, yo, your sneakers is cheap. Yo, you, you fat. Yo, yeah. you this, you that. And so, um, you know, for me, like I was, it was hard for me to deal with that because I came from a a home that had so much love in it, and then to go to an environment, environment where it was, yeah. it wasn't much love. It was like a, it was a shock for me, and I had to, you know, kind of deal with that, and I, I didn't deal with it right. Right. I didn't deal with it. I didn't have a good way of dealing with it when I was young, but then eventually, you know,
0: So, So one conclusion I came to after reading the book is entrepreneurs are generally people who are outliers, people who have to take the, the path less traveled to get to some innovation, some success that most people don't take the risk for. Yeah. Do you think that being an outlier as a child meaning everyone's the same but i'm over here because i'm being bullied had some effect on you wanting to be different than everybody else when you uh, i think so got to i think home.
1: so i think so you know it 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 was you know i was in the house
0: you i was one of
1: those house, kids right. that was in the house you know like i like video games you know what i'm saying i, I like watching tv i like the imagination i like escaping to other worlds because i wasn't really filling the world that was outside my window, you right. know, that I had to really exist in. You know, when I walked to school, I had to step over crack vials. You know what I'm saying? I had to step over needles. Right. You know, I had to walk past fiends in the corner sniffing Coke in the corner of the corner store while I'm trying to buy candy. Right. You know, so like, you know, seeing stuff like that, I had to witness people being robbed, you know, see people with bullet holes in their chest, you know, things like that. Like, and as a kid, you know, we even have, you know, my classmates. Before they went to school in the morning, they had to go trap on the corner, you know, because yeah. if he don't, his mother is a, is a crack fiend. If he don't do, if he don't sell drugs himself to his little brother who lives in the same house as him, they won't have food to eat. Right. So before he even goes to school in the morning, he has to be out there selling drugs. Right. You know, this is like in fifth, sixth grade, you know, and so, you know, that's a world that I just, I was like, nah, <laughs> I was like, yo, let me escape. Let me watch TV. Let me watch Bill Nye or something. Let me watch, you know, Imagination Station. or, um, Let me, you know, let me watch all these different Channel 3, Wishbone and something like that. Right. And Jet Jackson, you know, all these different shows that really just allowed me to escape. And I was like, yo, like, I think I could create something. I want to be in those worlds. Like, I want to create something great. It was something about these characters I was watching that just made me kind of believe in myself. So...
0: So you think sort of the 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 harsh world you were witnessing when you were in fifth, sixth grade created a, a framework for you to think outside of that world?
1: Definitely, definitely. Because um, I'm not going to lie, because my parents were so strict, I was kind of forced to think in different ways, you yeah. know, and think in a way where like, yo, I want to do this or I want to do that. And, and, and then once my mother, she moved me out of Newark and she moved me to Montclair, New Jersey. What, what age was this? Um, this is like right before I started high school okay right. and so she moved me to Montclair, New Jersey right when I was about to start high school
0: Right.
1: And that exposed me to you know I was already like dreaming of a world larger because when you I think this is this is important. When you live in the hood and you young and you grew up in the hood, the world is only four blocks mm, right Like a lot of people don't really think about that. like to me, like I remember going downtown, that's a long way. Mm. That's a trip. Just to go downtown, that was a very that was a journey. Right. Because in my eyes, the, the, the world that I lived in only consisted of four-block radius that goes around where I live. Right. And so there are people who live in the Bronx right now that never been to the Statue of Liberty, that never been to Midtown. Because the world to them is just that for, just you that know, area. just that radius. And so when my mother moved me to Montclair, it was like world oh right. wait, where am I? You know, I mean, because honestly, I never saw, I never was even in the same room as a white person, um, <laughs> till I got the Montclair. You know, what I mean, right. like like that. the only other white person I saw were the missionaries, who who fed you watermelon and played, you know, Veggie Tales. Goodness. You know, in the summer, and we only went there because we wanted to get free food. <laughs> but, you know, you know, we didn't really pay attention to the Bible stories they was telling us. But we, you know, those only white people I ever saw. Right. I interacted with. Once I moved to Montclair, you know, my first day of school, you know, white teachers. And I didn't know how to react. I didn't know how to, you know, how to accept what was going on. You know, right. and I saw like a black dude and a white girl kissing in the hallway. I was like, yo, that's crazy. Right. Like, to me, i never seen nothing like that in my life.
0: What, were you conceptualizing when you were in fifth grade and you would see the shit that was going on in your hood? Did you know that was like structural, like it's kinda ingrained in, in the in the culture of America for certain areas, Baltimore, Detroit, North, Compton, where um, that shit happens and, and like Beverly Hills, Montclair, that shit doesn't happen. Did you recognize there was a dichotomy? No. In where you lived and where other people lived who had a different skin color?
1: Only on T V. Oh. And that was my world. When you live in that world, that's all you know. Right. The only other world that exists is on the television. Right. That's it. You don't know no other word.
0: Okay. So then you got to thinking of how do you get to television. So let's talk about college. So then you're in college. You start this video game blog. What is the mentality to drop out? And, and does your mom not beat your ass for wanting to drop out of college? Oh, yo,
1: like I started the blog with a few friends on um, online, actually. This this video game forum I used to frequent all the time. And so there were other young people who were on the forum with me. And it was like, yo, let's start this video game site. What, what been, year is this? This is, like, 2007.
0: Okay. Yeah. This is when blogging is starting to get...
1: Blogging was starting, like... This is when WordPress was just kind of kicking off, okay. and, you know, blogging was very early. We started... We were podcasting then. Really? Yeah. We were podcasting See, because
0: everyone thinks podcasts are, like, a 2019 thing, including myself. I didn't know this shit was, like... I mean years it ago. wasn't like this.
1: <laughs> it wasn't like, you know, this setup, but for the most part, yeah, podcasts wow. existed. And I was podcasting in. Wow. Um, I, I wonder if we can even I wonder if I can go talk to some of my friends and see if they can even pull up some of those older podcasts. Yeah. That'd be interesting to see if they still exist. Uh but yeah, you know, we were you know, I I, I we were having fun. Like right. I was like, yo, how do I and funny enough there was this guy online? I'll never forget him, you know. His name was um Jan or something like that. Okay. Black guy. And what's funny is he was lying about his life. So he was we were making this video game site and he was on the site, right. Um, the the forum and he would lie. He was like, Yeah, I work at Catcom. Okay. He's like, Yeah, this is my girlfriend, and some white girl or something like that. And he's like, This is my dog. And none of it was true. None of it was true. But he already planted the seed
0: and he was lying because he was
1: lying maybe that was some kind of insecurity in himself yeah but had he not lied i wouldn't be who i am today why because it was something he made it seem possible he made it seem possible that a black man can create a business and work in the video game industry and do all this stuff and it, and and then i met a real like so, there was a fake guy, but then I met a real guy. Mm. His name was <laughs> CJ Peters, right. and he ran a company called Console Kings. And I saved up a bunch of money, and I flew to E3, which is the big video, the video game, game conference. conference, right? And and he was he had an activation out there. He rented out this mansion in the Hollywood Hills, and he was like, "Yo, come on up." Come on up to the, the mansion. So me and I, a few friends that saved all our money. And we rented a, a, a minivan and we driving up to the to Hollywood Hills. Wow. And we just looking at the houses and then he, he was like giving us a tour of the house. And it was just amazing to me to see another black like a first Jan was a working for Capcom, but this guy, he had his own company. Yeah. He was He's an entrepreneur. Shit. Right. And I was just looking over at the view. From the California Hills and I was just like, yo, I don't know how long it take. But I'm gonna but get I this, want shit. this shit. Right. Like, I don't know how long it take and to be able to see a black man do it, for me that was it. Like So this is, this is this is two
0: thousand seven, two thousand eight. This is like, like two
1: thousand seven, two thousand eight.
0: So you guys go to E three because you have your own video game block that's getting like a quarter pretty, of a bill per month. Pretty much. Were yeah. you monetizing it at this point? Or I mean, you- we were
1: monetizing it, but it wasn't like money that we can take and you know go buy a house right it was just like it was early stages. money to basically make sure we can get to E3 and go back home that was it like right. yeah it so like, now
0: what's the process of dropping out were you a sophomore junior how did how did that work out
1: um I dropped out because uh I think I was like in my second year okay um and I was going to have to do a third year and I didn't take out any student loans
0: so the first so, year you paid off mm, by yourself now
1: I had all grants okay all okay. Pell Grants and whatever like that like right. it was called and so it was I was just really skeptical about taking like loans out right you know and I'm so glad I did like if I had to pay a yeah. loan for this, <laughs> this <laughs> is County College uh, you know no no offense to anybody else in the room right. doing it. <laughs> but uh you know uh, I just did I didn't want to
0: do it. Loans, at I mean, it's getting a lot of coverage now. Loans are killing kids. It's, yeah. It's, it's rough.
1: And at that time, like, I didn't know, like, I was scared. It wasn't like, I probably should have taken a loan, but I was so scared at the, the fact that I would have to owe somebody. What like, were you getting degre- the degree in? What were you trying to Communications, film. Okay. So I was going to school for storytelling. The plan was to go to Essex County College and then transfer to NYU Film School. Oh. That was my plan. So, right. like... Television and film was my concentration. Do you think
0: you needed to pay like twenty grand a year to learn how to story tell?
1: Um, at that time, no. I mean, today, right? Way, which is you why know, you... like, <laughs> at that time I thought I definitely needed to pay that much, but now, no.
0: So you drop out. What's the reaction from the family?
1: Uh, the reaction was like, "Well, you better get a job." Right. You know, like I felt like I let my mother down, though. You know, because was, you dropped out. Yeah, because you know, my brother he dropped out. Well, he never went. My mm-hmm. brother never went to college you know and so i thought it was on me like okay well he didn't go right and my mother had two sons it was just me and my brother i had other little brothers but you know that's a whole different family situation right, right. um so i thought i had to be the one to go so i felt like he put a lot of pressure on me cuz he didn't he didn't go right and so when I dropped out, I was like, I felt so bad because I felt like, man, I really let her down, and you know, I didn't want to, I didn't want re- to make that decision. I didn't want to regret making that decision. So that kind of fuel, dropping out, kind of fueled me to really make sure, like, yo, if I'm gonna do this entrepreneurship thing, I want to make sure, like, I, I really do it, right? Because right. I, I need her to feel like he, you know, he, he did something. something still, like, he made something out of it. He didn't just drop out and go work at Kmart, which I did. And just you know, and that was it. You know, but I had to do something.
0: So, how, how do you feel about that whole uh, stigma that if you're first gen in this day and age, and you want to be the first person to graduate from college to make family proud, but you also know in your heart of hearts that college is a bunch of bullshit? Like, how does someone <laughs> who's first gen manage that 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 feeling of wanting to see their mom happy when they walk across the stage, but also knowing that there's another path given social media, technology, etc. uh
1: it's hard, man. I think I don't really have a, a real answer, man. Right. You know, for me, it was just um, it was just one of those things. Like I, I would just, just trust in your
0: gut. Yeah, like.
1: like trusting your gut is really hard. I got an intern right now who quit college, hmm. and he was like, and I was like, why did you quit? He's like, yeah, because I want to chase this. Yeah. But I had a plan. I right. felt like I had a like a full fledged plan, you know, and I had a plan to make money from this, and so I don't know, like, you know, I kind of tell people like, yo, if you're gonna do this, like, have a plan,
0: have some framework plan. ready, right? Because yeah, you're not like, gonna be able to have a to b. Don't just to C, say, you
1: I want to drop school to
0: to sound cool or nothing,
1: right? Or just to do something that you don't have a, any any plan to monetize, right?
0: Like, right. You might
1: have to go get the side hustle. Yeah. For the longest, you know, I've been I've been grinding a lot. And I always had to get, like, these small side hustles to keep myself afloat. Right. You know, and and that's a reality a lot of people don't talk about. Like, yo. you might have to get, like, a part-time job. You might have to.
0: It's not glamorous. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it's not that glamorous unless you find a way to, unless you specify a skill. Right. And then you can monetize that by freelancing. Exactly. And so that's, that's one way you can go about doing it.
0: So the video game thing, where does, so this is 2007, 2008, you drop out, what, what, how do we get from 08 to 19 now?
1: Um, so I dropped out, uh, I ended up finding an internship at a company called BubbleLine. Okay. And so BubbleLine was, um, almost like what you see ratings, like Yelp is, but like, you know, emojis are so powerful right now. And so BubbleLine was actually the first company to use emojis to rate something. So how you felt about it, did okay. you feel good about the experience, the bad about the experience? I would say Bubble Line was ahead of his time.
0: And this was a startup?
1: This was a startup. Okay. And it was based in Montclair. When I applied, I didn't have no college degree. They were looking for college interns. Right. But I had that website. You know, <laughs> a quarter million hits. And so when I hit them up with that, they were like, well, we can take a chance on but right. they still hired an intern just in case right. I didn't work out. It was like let's go get a college intern let's go get the, just in yeah. case this Anthony experiment don't work out. Um, it worked out. It you worked know, after out. a month there, they hired me as a full time business development associate. Mm. So I learned everything about building a company, managing a development team, writing functional spec, right. um, everything about building like a technology startup. Right. I learned hands on from the founders at that wow. company. You know, so
0: you didn't do a SWOT analysis, you live that shit. Yeah. Funny you say that. It's funny you say
1: that because a little bit before I joined that startup, I actually took a class that was supposed to teach you how to do a business. Right. And I spent fifty dollars on it. I went through like six weeks of training and whatever like that. And they taught you how to make a feasibility plan and all this different stuff. And then the first day I walked into that internship. I asked them, I said, where's your feasibility plan? Where's your SWOT analysis? Where's all this stuff? And they looked at me like I was fucking crazy. Wow. This is a startup, too. This is a startup that already got money, raised money. They didn't do any of that stuff. And I was like, wow. That's when I really knew
0: I was in a different
1: game. I I was in the different, completely different game, and I needed to learn that game. Right. Not this game where you write write 20-page business plans with like 100 words a page. (laughs) Right. You know, no like, one's reading that shit. Nobody's reading <laughs> the executive summaries, man. Yeah. Nobody is reading that shit. Yeah, and a lot, and what's funny is like this whole game is built off relationships. Right. That's when I really, really knew it was built off relationships because the guy who started that company was the son-in-law of the investor mm. of the main investor.
0: Right. So
1: This is all about this is all about relationships, man. Like they, you don't have to do like they only do all of the. The, the other stuff is with people that don't know you. Right. If I don't know you, then you better give me a pitch deck.
0: Right. Yeah, I've had experience in that, too. Opportunities just come just because you know a person who knows a guy. And it's it's so much more powerful than...
1: Invest in relationships, man. It's yeah. the same thing. You know, I think it's... and it's Don't be like... And you, you can't be shady about it, either. Like yeah. Provide value. Right. That's a whole different conversation. But, like, providing value is the best way to build relationships. That's, that's my thing.
0: Um, so let's talk about what you're doing right now. So it's 2019. I think you're around 30 right now. Um, ABF creative. What is, what are you doing right now that takes up most of your time every day?
1: So I started ABF creative because I wanted to, uh, tell stories. I remember when I first started school, it was all about storytelling. Right. It was all about, um, you know, filmmaking and things like that. So I was like, what if I can get into this industry, but just start with audio. Right. Maybe audio is like my, I would say, Trojan horse, if you're familiar with the, the yes. Trojan yeah, horse. Yeah, story. yeah, yeah. And so, um, but I wanted to be multicultural storytelling. And so hmm. uh, we started the company and I needed to make money. So we started out doing branded content. So we ended up getting a contract with Rutgers Business School. Wow. Uh, ended up getting a contract with, um, what do you call it, uh, Brooklyn Museum, Prudential Financial. Um, and I was only able to land those through relationships like we just talked right. about. So, so they were
0: paying you to create innovative podcasts. storytelling for them exactly. through, through the medium of podcast. Exactly. Okay.
1: Exactly. They were paying me to do that. And so what I figured out was now, I mean, we're still going to do that with brands. Right. But what I want to do now is I want to start telling stories that we own. Right. That we create. That that I don't do with a partner. I mean, we can still go get sponsorships, right. but it wouldn't be in a, in a it wouldn't be structured like a brand partnership, right. you know. So I'm excited about it, man. I'm I'm excited about telling stories and and, and really getting, um, you know, the black and African American, black and brown, uh, Latino, Asian women, um, really just telling stories that come from underserved markets and underserved communities. Right. Um and honestly when I got into podcasts, I only knew a little bit about it because I used to be like a little fake rapper. So I knew how to create a <laughs> We setup. all used to do that. You know, to, yeah, you know my, my friend mujib is in the room, he could tell you we used to have a nice little setup in my room yep. with yep. the mics and everything. We self taught ourselves how to create a studio. Yep. This is in two thousand seven, two thousand eight. So when it came time to say, hey I want to start a podcast company I already knew what equipment to buy i already knew what software i wanted to use because of those days so right. i was like started buying all that stuff you know all that stuff and, and really just got started people people think they need all this other stuff to get started you really don't need yeah. as much as you think you need yeah. i literally started this whole company with one recorder one field recorder that's mm-hmm. it that i plugged mics into and landed my first client with just that field request. So what
0: was your pitch to these clients? Were you just like, were a new startup that wants to tell your brand story through the perspective of people who are marginalized? Like, how did you sell it to them, really?
1: Um, you got to figure out leverage. Like, so for me, you know, you got to be real, st- you know, honestly, I think strategically. Right. And so because I think strategically, I think that gives me an advantage over some people who just think black and white. Right. Because there's a lot of people who, who I started podcast companies as well. But they think so black and white. And I see them making moves. The same moves I'm making. But they don't make the move until I make it first. Mm. Because they haven't thought of it.
0: Right. Or they're too scared to make the move. Yeah. Yeah. No, they're not scared. They just don't know what to do. They don't know what to do. Yeah,
1: Mm -hmm. until I do it. I watch you. I see you. (laughs) Um, Shout out to the copycats. Shout out to the copycats. Um, I think for us, it was really just, you know, you got to think of your company as... So for me, I didn't come at it like, "Hey, I'm a podcast company." Right. I thought of it like, "Hey, I'm a marketing company."
0: Right. Exactly. So let me
1: go look up marketing proposals. Hmm. Let me go see how the biggest marketing and media agencies in New York City how they formulate pitches. Right. Let me go get the books of some of those people, and that's that's how I'm gonna go about my company. That's how I landed those clients. Right. Because I didn't come at them as a as a podcast company. I came at them as a media and marketing
0: agency right and and that just makes you a little bit more official
1: yeah it makes you more official i mean i i you know i i basically formulate everything like that how do i pitch i went to them i i even got on the phone with people who were at these media and marketing marketing agencies um and and literally was like hey we love your advice on pitching and people picked up the phone you know and gave me tips and I'm still cool with a lot of those guys till today who literally feed me knowledge on building a media agency till this day. Right. And even though we want to be larger than a sole agency, we needed that structure and that structure in the beginning in order to start making money. Right. That frame mind, that state of mind of what kind of company you are, that's going to help you find your customers fast. Because if you don't know who you are, then... Good nope. luck convincing somebody to give you money. Right. It's, it's going
0: to be very hard to communicate who you are. When you Exactly. You who you are. Um, and at ABF Creative, this started like a year ago, two years ago? How, is...
1: Yeah, yeah, like two years ago. I may change the name. You know, I, I named it after myself, Anthony Brian Frazier. That's my full name. Right. So um, I, I saw a Tyler Perry interview where he was like, you know, basically talking about somebody questioned him about why he named this company Tyler Perry, you right. know, and he was you know, he was like, You don't ask Walt Disney that shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And like, why are you asking me that right. shit. So I was like, yeah, you know what? Shit.
0: <laughs> I'm, gonna, call I'm gonna take
1: that attitude too. And I just named it ABF creative. But I know, you know, now I wanna think of like a you know, I think as moving forward we're we're we we basically raising money now. Right. Um and we're taking on investment dollars. So like moving forward I wanna definitely go with a full rebrand. It's gonna be real fire.
0: Right. Cool. Um, So I want to talk a little bit about the name of this podcast, and hopefully that transitions us into a discussion. Um, Okay. What does it mean? I haven't told you much about what what this means to me, but what does it mean to you to be motivated by mortality? Does it have any meaning? Does it ring a bell?
1: I mean, mortality means life, I guess. You know, I don't know. Like, you know, I could be way off, but I think about Mortal Kombat, you know what I'm saying?
0: (laughs) So mortality, I mean... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the, the definition of it is is like something that is finite, like you're going to die, right? So immortal means you live forever. Mortal means you have a finite time to live. Um, to me, that is what motivates me, the idea that the book of Amit, the book of Anthony, will end one day. So the chapters of that book have to be pretty interesting to read. Um, and the sort of absurdism of, of death, the, the fact that it's so hard to conceptualize it um, from an existential perspective and just from like a... Uh, a sociological perspective: the fact that death happens for no reason. The shit that's happening in Sudan—that's happening for no reason. It's—it's really hard to conceptualize that. Yeah. What does it mean? How does death play a role in your life in terms of motivating you to do what you're doing right now?
1: You know what? I think you know, knowing that you want to leave a legacy, I think that's the biggest thing for me. Um, you know, I definitely want to make sure, like, you know, I, I, I you know, create a big family. Mm. You know. Um, there's goals in life to do those things. There's goals in life to uh, be as wealthy as possible. There's goals in life to get the most out of life as I can Right. Um, before, you know, whatever comes, you right. know. Um, for me, you know, I actually had um, a panic attack like last summer.
0: Last summer. Okay. So, this is a year ago.
1: I had, I had a lot. I had like three or four of them.
0: And was this based around thinking about death, or was this just... Nah,
1: I didn't think about death until it happened.
0: Mm.
1: You want to be honest. Like, you know, the first time it happened, I was walking to the hospital, and as I was walking to the hospital, I started blinking out. Mm. And I started praying. I was like, yo, this is it. (laughs) You know, I didn't want it to happen, but, you know, when I, when I started get, making it through that whole ordeal, right? you know, um, made it through all that anxiety and stuff like that. And, and I deal with light anxiety here and there, here and now and right. then. Um, but when I made it through that whole ordeal and, you know, they brought my blood pressure down and spiking because of that and it kind of stayed there. Yeah. <laughs> um, and now it's like regulated. You know, I definitely want to, you know, make sure that I live a full life. You know, and really do what I got to do to to do that. Losing weight, um, mentally making sure I'm straight, um, eating the right foods. You know, I just talked about us m- eating McDonald's, McDonald's before we came here. You, know, <laughs> you know, we got to share with that. But, you know, we need to get something. To, I wouldn't be getting the answers I have right now if, if I didn't you eat that because, so, do that.
0: You, do, you, um, do you think about death often? Is that something that comes up?
1: Yeah. You know what? To be honest, like, that's something that, you know, that scares me. Yeah. You know? If I I have to be honest. And
0: it's crazy because, like, you're 30 and that's scaring you. And I'm 21 and that's scaring me. And I think by the time I'm 40 or 50, I'm still going to be scared. Like, I I think part of the reason I started this podcast was to get other people's perspectives on this concept of it all ending so that I could rationalize this irrational thought to me. I
1: mean, you hear it every day. Like, you only get 24 hours in a day. You know, live your life to the fullest. To me, I think it means something more when you start, you know, really... Inserting really how mortality really is, you right. know, what it really is. Because right. I think some, I think everybody feels like they're gonna live forever.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You
1: know, I had a friend of mine whose mother just died recently, and so it's like it was kind of hard for me to even think about something like that. Yeah, you know, and what I'm t- then it fucking
0: happens, and then you're like,
1: Fuck. yeah, because you think your mother is immortal. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, this is my mother, yo. Yeah. she's gonna be around forever. Right. But like when you when stuff like that, my grandmother dying, family members dying, that's hard, man. And it forces you to start thinking about those
0: things. Because we're also reaching the eight like my grandmother's in really bad like she's bedridden now. And I'm like, ten years ago I didn't have to deal with this stress. I was just a kid. Now I'm twenty and I'm like, I have to deal with my seeing my grandmother like this. It's like the older we get the more we take on that responsibility, the more freedom we get as we get older, but the more we have to take on the stress of yeah. shit ending all around us. Yeah,
1: sometimes, you know, we're young, so we do, you know, outside of, you know, life naturally happening, right. um, we're young. So to me, I'm motivated by wanting to go out there and build a legacy with the time that we do have, right. the time that we we, we we know we have, you know? And so I'm um, just working 120% towards that, I was just recently, so I, you know, I'm a producer of a podcast um, that actually had TD Jakes on. Mm. So TD Jakes was actually talking about um, how he, no, he doesn't. He's 60. He just recently turned 60 years old, and he was talking about how he, no, he doesn't. He won't live another 60 years. Right. And so the the way he, the way he, the confidence that he was talking about that, mm. that, like the the coming to terms with that. Yes. Knowing that he won't be like. How do you get to that? I'm not there yet, but like when you get to a certain age, you know,
0: you know it's it's kind of it's like, like yo, I'm not gonna this be. This is here for facts. There's way. no you fucking know, opinion in this. There's here. no
1: opinion, and so like you know, to me, you know, I'm like before I reach where he's come to that contentness, I need to be going as hard as possible to make sure I leave the kind of legacy that I know he's already gonna leave for his right. family and and for his. His uh, grandchildren and his children's children and
0: all of so. Those so things. let's talk about legacy. What idea, even if it's not fully set in stone yet, uh, of a legacy are you trying to leave? I'm trying what to. What do leave you want to
1: be known a, for? A, re- a reputable legacy and a wealth legacy. I think and I'm assuming
0: wealth in, in communities that have not had generational wealth. Exactly,
1: before. because you know, reputation is the gift that keeps on giving. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, like, more more gifts are given through, you know, a reputation. Because yeah. I'm who I am and who i who I who always be, there are just certain things that you'll always get or your family will always get because of that. Right. Just a reputation.
0: If you're, if the Fraser name is worth it. Exactly.
1: And then wealth is, you know, real estate, money, you know, homes you know um business.
0: now do you do you care about money is there shit you want to like do you have lamborghini dreams or do you think more money as in like my kids 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 need to be set
1: i think about money as in freedom hmm, okay. you know what i mean i don't have lamborghini dreams i got freedom dreams right you know i got dreams of waking up and not having to worry about bills right dreams of waking up and not my knowing that my mother or my brothers or my parents don't have to worry about those different things in life, you know, dreams of uh, you know, wait, you know, somebody gets sick knowing I have the money to make sure that they got the best health care in the world to right. take care of. That's freedom. Like right. I, I want that. You know what right. I mean? I want the freedom that we was just listening to a song in the car. I just wanna go take a flight this weekend. Mm. It's not necessarily to show off a car or a whip. It's about a state of mind. Right. You know, a freedom state of mind. And the good thing is you can have that state of mind right now. Right. But I want it with money.
0: <laughs>
1: I mean, that's real.
0: And I mean, I love talking to entrepreneurs and people are doing creative shit who aren't motivated by Lamborghinis, you know.
1: Yeah, I don't I'm not I'm not motivated by that kind of stuff. Actually I don't I'm not a big fan. My brother's a huge fan of Lamborghinis and sports cars. I personally I like luxury cars. Right. You know, but honestly we live in such a uber society now like you right. I, I would say like if i had the money to really keep doing it like i can i would uber everywhere
0: like, <laughs> like literally
1: not, i see why they got the song like, you know what I, mean? like <laughs> I would uber everywhere like what the, why would i go buy a lambo like this i could no. buy a
0: full-time uber driver to drive my lambo <laughs> yeah, i'm good
1: man and take the train i would i would still like yo if i had a billion dollars i'll still take the train Right. Because the, the the goal isn't to get famous, the goal is to get freedom. Right. You know what I'm saying? The goal is to get wealthy. Right. I think a lot of people associate money with fame. Because a lot of people, especially in our generation, they want they don't want the money without the fame. Right. They need to be on Instagram stunting. They need to be showing off that right. they paid and stuff like that. And they don't understand that that that's they're doing themselves a disservice. I don't wanna be famous if I if I had all this money. I don't want that fame. Right. I want to be able to live because that's not freedom. That's not. That's a jail. Especially, fame, especially fame when the is paparazzi a prison. is
0: all on you. Exactly. Fame that.
1: is a prison. Like, why would I why would I get money just to, to lose freedom in the process? The right. goal was freedom all along.
0: How do you feel about Jay Z um becoming the first hip hop billionaire? Do you what impact do you think that has on black communities at large?
1: Um that's huge, that's huge. I mean, it's it's setting a precedent. Yeah. Because in hip hop, there's always follow the leader. Yeah. So I feel like every other culture who doesn't like hip hop and people who don't like hip hop be very afraid.
0: Yeah.
1: Be very afraid because right now, when there's a clothing line, the million other people get a clothing line. Yep. When people make a hundred million, now there's a lot of hundred million dollars in hip hop, hundred millionaires in hip hop. Right. Now you have a billionaire. Get ready for more billionaires coming now, you know, right. out of hip-hop. This is going to be a, a, a revolution, you know. And the fact that Jay-Z is now talking about what he needs to be talking about. Right. As far as, like, making sure your credit's on point, investing in all right, making investment, literacy financial yeah. literacy. This is really important stuff. Like, this is what it takes to get to where he's at. Right. And so he has to start teaching. These aren't habits. This And what's crazy is these are probably habits he had to learn later in life. Yeah. Yeah. And his the first that, album came out at like twenty six. Exactly. So if you learn these habits now, imagine where you'll be when you're his age, right? You know. And so um, I'm just now, you know, I'll admit, like I'm just now trying to fix my credit and get it back on point. Right. I'm an entrepreneur. My jacked up credit, right? You know, I done I done maxed out cards, did all kinds of craziness over 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 the time of being an entrepreneur. But now, like I'm on a road to success to fixing that right. because there's. Because it doesn't really matter what you have in your bank account. A lot of people think, oh, just because you got this much in your bank account, you can make investments and do all this stuff. No. Credit is still your financial reputation. Yep. And if you don't have a good financial reputation, nobody's going to deal with you no matter how much money you got in a bank. Right. I could have a million dollars to give to a, a, a somebody right now for uh, an investment, and they may look at my credit history, and they'd be like, mm, nah.
0: Right. So got the right it's all
1: important. So somebody who has less money than me but has better credit can get that opportunity before
0: I do do you think they need to teach more financial literacy in school? Because, I mean...
1: I'm surprised it's not a topic in it, school right now. I'm it's surprised r- it's not a class.
0: It's ridiculous. Like, I came out of high school. I started making money, and I had to pay taxes. And I didn't know jack shit about yeah. how to pay taxes. And I'm like, why the fuck was I learning some of the shit I learned in high school I and could, not I, learning I, the real shit that I I think
1: they need to have math, and I think there needs to be a class in school, in middle, in middle school, called life math. Mm. Because there's math... But then there's, there's life, life math. math. <laughs> this is the math that really matters, right? You right. know what I'm saying? Like life math needs to be a curriculum. Shit, I might make the curriculum myself. That's a good <laughs> yeah, concept. I, yeah, yeah. Anyone right, watching? Shit. Maybe somebody else. You got to patent that shit already. right now. I'm pretty sure somebody already came up with
0: it. Because yeah, there's like
1: there's the, such a big problem.
0: Like. Yeah, I mean, there's the Pythagorean theorem, and then there's like can I buy this house and flip it? Like, like, there's so much more to what math really I is mean,
1: math, like, build, like, we just talked about it, building credit. Right. What is wealth? How do you build wealth? We need to start Compound interest. Compound interest. Right. Why are we not learning this in middle school? Why are we not learning, it? not even I, why are we not learning this in high school? And what's like, the answer to that question?
0: Because it's been a century since we've had pretty much the same curriculum. Why aren't people teaching us that shit? Um, is it just because school is made to make kids into workers, and that's their primary goal? We're, cre-
1: we're, we're, we're uh, a creature of habit. You know, I, think it's, I don't think anybody's stopping anyone in particular from mm-hmm. learning these things. It's just that things have been the way they have been for so long right. that it's been institutionalized. Right. And the only way to get it out is to start, like charter schools have stuff like this. Right. And so, like, the, that's the only saving grace is if you got, like, a public school board that just deems it important um, or if you go to a charter school that deems it important. But right. there, I mean, I think I think now we're starting to see it come come to pass. I think we're going to start seeing more of those kind of classes. Yeah. Um, just like computer science has now become the norm. Right. Like, people have had to fight to get computer science to be teaching at, at, at high schools and, and, and uh, middle schools. Right. Now we need life math. Right. We really do. Like, I need my son. And, and honestly, if you a parent, you ain't really got no excuse. Right. At this point, knowing what's going on, you should be implementing this into your children and not being like, well, why don't the schools teach this? Why aren't you teaching it? Right. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, some, at some point, the responsibility has to be on a parent, too. Yeah. If not the largest, you know, point. So, yeah, you know, I'm not going to go out and blame, you know, Trump because my, my kid doesn't know how to, you know, build credit. Right. <laughs> so, right. you know.
0: Um, let's talk a little bit about social media. So d- social media, I think, has uh, given it has erased the barrier to entry into getting your name out there, getting your idea out there. We've seen kids turn into millionaires actually overnight by posting a random YouTube Ain't video. Crazy, man. Did, did, did you see the video with the uh, the guy talking to his baby about the Empire finale?
1: Oh, with the, 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 it was the, like l- the black guy?
0: The yeah, the little oh, baby yeah, 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 yeah. and I he's talking that. like like this guy He had like I think he had like 10,000. He has a hundred thousand followers in the past three days He got verified on Instagram. Like, his life is about to change.
1: Oh, yeah, it's
0: right. And he's a stand-up comedian He's about to get gigs out the ad. Learning by doing. Yeah, so you you was in the car listening to Jay-Z shit You were like, how do I get these drums to sound good? And you learned. Yeah, me
1: and my brother, like we, we, you know, we learned that we had a whack mix, right? Because <laughs> we went into the car and we thought our mix was on fire until we listened to the next CD, which was a Jay Z CD, and we like, whoa, like this is amazing! Like it sound like a whole world just opened up. Compared to ours, which is like mad flat, you know, so that's when we knew we made mistakes and we were like, okay, how do we go back and how do we make this sound fatter? Right. Because we would look at like certain plugins and it'd be like, oh, go for the fat sound, fat sound. And we didn't really know what that meant until we realized we didn't have a fat sound. And we was like, oh, so that's what it means. You want to fatten it up. That's why you double and you triple vocals. That's why you double and you triple drums because you want it. A more solid sound, and you want it to be wider and fatter and juicy. And the only reason
0: you can talk about this stuff is because you went through it. Because I went through it. it.
1: That's it. You know. And so podcasting, same thing. I didn't learn until I started doing it. I was like, oh well, let me jump right in. Let me figure this thing out. Right. And then I have to sit behind it. Sometimes you got to learn the little stuff in order to do the big stuff. And so I learned audio engineering. Like I'm an I'm a professional audio engineer now. Right. Simply because I, I you literally... Can, you
0: can market yourself as that. I yeah.
1: could. I literally get paid right now to audio engineer for one of the largest magazines in the country. Wow. Just as I learned the skill, learned by doing in my own time.
0: Right. You know what I'm saying? you have to so, pay thousands of dollars to learn this. Yeah, <laughs> you I didn't just pay thousands of dollars of times. to
1: learn. I just failed a couple of times and I even, you know, failed doing the job with them. I was like, oh wait, hold up, I messed this up. Let right. me let me fix this. Yeah, you know. And if I if I get caught up in something, okay, cool. I go to YouTube and say, Okay, well, how do you do this? How do you do that? This is what programmers do. Right. Little programmers literally Google all day.
0: Yeah. They're all they on don't the stack know flow every little thing day, the like...
1: program. They literally how do I do this? Oh, just keep doing this. They literally because it's a whole com-
0: it's a global community of collaboration for That's coding.
1: It. That's it. And so oh, everything's open source almost. And the other point I was going to make was that the internet made it easy to take a risk. Yes. So we talked about um, you know how in the past like you said so you talked the question was like how does the internet change right everything the internet changed everything because now taking a risk is is light work. Hmm if Henry Ford had today's internet, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, there are kids in Africa learning to build windmills from pictures and textbooks. Right. Like, we have the internet. They don't, but yet yeah. they're still creating amazing things. And so, the risk is a lot lower. So, so to me, like, you should be taking a risk, and the risk isn't even that great, especially now that you got Facebook ads. Like literally, you can target any audience in the world and figure out if your product is hot or not in ten mm-hmm. minutes. And you know what I'm saying? Use like, the advanced
0: metrics. Exactly. Advanced learn.
1: You know, if I had to tell anybody to learn a, a, a companion skill, you know, um, two companion skills. If you're good at talking, go learn sales. If you're an introvert, go learn copywriting. Hmm. Go look up a copywriting book. Like, I'm about to go. I'm doing this now. I'm, I'm about to study copywriting. I'm an introvert. I don't like being in people's face. Right. You know, so I want to learn how I can sell with my words that I write. Right. That's what copywriting is. There are people who literally don't leave their house and they're selling millions of dollars worth of, of any kind of product because they know how to write. Right. In a way that makes that convinces you to buy it from them.
0: It's funny because last summer, my, my summer project um, was starting a, a Shopify dropshipping store, actually. I, <laughs> I, I, and I learned, I lost like about a cool five grand on Facebook ads, you gotta, but I learned you gotta so take, much.
1: You got to talk to me when this is over.
0: I'll talk to you, yeah. But, but I, I learned a lot. I
1: just want to learn your lessons. I don't got I don't, got, no, advice. Yeah, you don't, I don't got, got advice.
0: You don't got time no, to listen to no,
1: I, I need you to teach me what lessons <laughs> What lessons you learned with the $5,000 <laughs> because uh yeah no
0: because like the thing that, that i mean for people who don't know drop shipping it's a very simple business model that you it's individuals market products that they don't actually have the inventory of and then they only buy it from wholesalers once they get a product to be sold mm-hmm. so i have uh Uh, a a bracelet in China I don't buy that bracelet but I market that bracelet under my brand consumer buys the bracelet then I buy the bracelet from China for three dollars I sell it for ten I keep the difference which is seven the problem is you got to get good at marketing your Facebook ads so that there's actually an ROI on all your fucking money and I, I think I watched at least at least 300 videos on YouTube like I was obsessed with trying to make this real Um, and it's not that I wasn't really good. I mean, obviously I wasn't good at it, but it it was more so that I didn't give a fuck about e-commerce. Like I'm more of not an introvert. I'm more of a talkative person. I'm more communication. So the way I'm making my money right now has nothing to do with selling physical products. And I'm actually a lot happier because like, that's where my passion is. So I think the e-commerce thing failed because I was motivated by money versus mortality. Whereas what I'm doing right now is mortality. It's death. It's finding what I'm good at and going tunnel vision. Uh, in on it versus trying to get rich quick because that's what it was i saw these kids making like 80 grand a month and i'm like fuck that i can make 80 grand a month and then i tried doing it i'm like yes the reason they're making 80 grand a month is because they fucking love e-commerce and they love facebook ads and they love that shit but i wouldn't regret that because i learned so much about facebook ads that if i do need to work with a business one day i think i know how to effectively create some what of a marketing yeah
1: and i don't think you should discard that skill and what you learn um because to me it's about multiple streams of income. Absolutely. And yeah. so, if you can create a business that makes, let's say, a thousand dollars a month, two thousand dollars a month, right? I think that's not bad. Yeah. You know, I'm saying like maybe not the eighty, you right. know, but if I got an extra two thousand, that's right. Yeah. That's you pay for this place with that, right? <laughs> you know, like that's so now whatever you were using to pay for this place, now you can use that towards. Building a brand, building, you know, what you really want to build. So if you can find another way to bring extra income in, definitely
0: take advantage of it. Yeah, I agree. It's just a question of, like, where you want to put your time and energy. Because that shit does take a lot of time. Mm. Um, And it's just a question of, like... And my whole summer last year, my entire summer was dedicated to that. And then, like, life shit happened and I had to put it on pause. And then I, like, found my actual passion and I started gearing towards that, which is, like, more of the public speaking stuff. Um, But the skills, like, I lost five grand, but I learned facebook ads and there's people who, who like get paid millions of dollars agencies to just run facebook ads yeah. because they know how to do it well and i don't know how to do it yeah. well but i know how to i know what a pixel is i know what ppe conversions are yeah. i know what vc ads are like i know the terminology know that people to so
1: <laughs> you know, learn before we leave here today <laughs> you know we're about to get a facebook master class you know what <laughs> right?
0: yeah it's, it's interesting um so i want to close it off with, with like one final question about you said the internet makes it hard uh or less risky for people to take risks. yeah why are people afraid to take risks in general when it comes to life business or just doing something outside of the norm scary
1: man it's
0: what scary. are they scared of
1: they are scared of like
0: being homeless
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. walking down the street not having money not having um you know anything to look forward to you know and, and it's it's scary and to be honest like it's either they're on one side of the extreme or they're on the other. There are people who are extremely scared yeah. or there are people who's extremely optimistic. Meaning like they'll look at somebody on Instagram with the cars, the Lamborghinis, they're like, Shit, I'm not to start me in business. You know, basically right. what you were just saying right. just now. Right. You know, so you saw them and you're like, It can't be that hard. Right. Look at this guy he's a douchebag. You know, so <laughs> you jump right in and, and then you realize yeah he didn't tell me something
0: right there was something different for why he got what he got yeah
1: Yeah. exactly because he didn't make money drop shipping he he made money selling you a course right on drop shipping which is a whole different discussion (laughs) good
0: god i hate that shit so
1: he's he know he's not in love with drop shipping he's in love with education yeah so (laughs) information Don't
0: get me started on internet courses. Yeah,
1: man. man. So you know, um, I'm guilty. I tried to do an internet course at one time. If you're not good at it, bounce. Yeah. But I know, I know a young lady, Danielle Leslie, who's a beast at it. She's like making millions of dollars. She's really good. Mm-hmm. So,
0: so do, do you think people are afraid of what other people think as well as hell like yeah, the
1: most definitely. I mean, we live in the Instagram age. This right. is we live in the age. So here's the. I was just talking to my friend Rajib about this. Uh, not too long ago um, and, a, and another friend, Jimmy because um, he's about to have a, a kid and he mm-hmm. was talking about bullying and school and stuff like this and school is worse now because when you're at high school you get bullied you get all this stuff happening but then you gotta come home right. and you get away from it, right? Yeah. That's how it used to be you come home you get away from it now school is 24-7 yeah because when you leave the hallways physically, you're still in the hallways digitally.
0: Yep, absolutely. And now
1: all the friends, the cliques, all those different things that you get in school and all that, now all that's happening online. Right. And the crazy part is, it's not just kids. It's grown-ass men and women. Yep. yep. we It's high school all over again. Right. Popularity. I want to be like this person. I want to do this. I want to do that. It's unhealthy. Yeah. And they know it's unhealthy. That's why most of the executives in Silicon Valley, they limit the screen time that their children can have. Right. So why are the most smartest people in the world limiting the screen time? I mean, the shit they literally are creating. Right. Because <laughs> they know that they're creating the cigarette. Right. The new cigarette. Right. That's why. They don't want their kids to catch whatever cancer comes from smoking cigarettes. Right. From being on the screen constantly. I read something a while ago that said Facebook and Instagram and all that stuff, like, when you scroll, they use the same algorithm that slot machines have to keep you on it. Wow.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's been some weird situations where I, 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 like, literally, I'll never forget, I thought of a Twix candy bar because I wanted a Twix. I'm on Instagram. I'm just going through the stories. That shit says Twix, and I like that's almost crazy. dropped my phone. And like, and this has happened to me like five. Has this years.
1: happened to you? Where it's five o'clock and you on your phone, and then you look up, it's seven thirty.
0: That has happened to me before. It's rough. It's rough, so, man. It's you rough. know, like
1: that. That right there, that's the slot machine. Yeah. That's the slot machine algorithm in work right there. But you think it keeps you on the slot machine? No, 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 no. Like you, you basically, and honestly, I literally deleted. I deleted Instagram from my phone. Right. I deleted Twitter. Now, I'm not saying I don't go on those sites. When I have something to promote, I, I download it again, push it out. Um, when I want to get on there, like or send a message, I do it from the browser. I'm less likely to have an addict, you know, to be on there all the time if I have to get into the web browser to get right, there. Right, exactly. So if I have to log into the web browser to go to Twitter, I'm not going to be on there all the time. Right. If I have to go to the web browser to go to Instagram, I'm not going to be on there all the time. You have to replace, you can't get rid of habits. You have to replace habits with healthier ones. Right. I think sometimes people just try to quit something cold turkey. Doesn't work like that. You gotta put something better or healthier in its place. Right. So instead of Instagram, I have Amazon Kindle. So okay, I, uh, you know, I don't have, I can't click on Instagram anymore. So I end up just going to the Bible app or going to the Kindle app, and I'm just reading.
0: Just reading. Right. Or
1: I'm listening to philosophy podcasts or something like that. Like the this is much healthier right. than spending hours. And guess what? I get more work done. Right. Because I'm not gonna sit there all the time and just lose my mind on scrolling through instagram now i can get back to the work that really matters is building this legacy that we talked about
0: especially because you're comparing your reality to everyone else's reality and yeah. everyone else is projecting a false reality that's that's so that's the self.
1: most dangerous part about yeah. it i look at you know you don't know what that person is going through right that person that looks so happy and they getting money and, they and they're traveling in Spain the world, and they like, in a room crying at night. Yeah, man. it's real. Like, because that's all of us. That's literally all. They of in us. a fetal position right. you know, on their beds at night. You know what I'm saying? Like, real talk. I know I'm. I know, I'm not trying to be funny.
0: Right. Know, like, no, I these you.
1: people are literally struggling. They dealing with. It. They going through it. You but, know, but they get so 200 likes and they are good for that likes, moment. You know? And they need that though. Yeah. They need that validation. That's what's keeping them alive. Right. To be honest. You know, and you know, we got to be careful. We got to be careful comparing our our life to somebody else's highlight reel because yeah. that's all they putting up.
0: That's what Instagram it's, is. It's a highlight reel. It's yeah. just
1: it's just a highlight reel, man. And so, it's dangerous for me to keep looking at all this stuff. And and and, and I'm saying this as Anthony Frazier. I'm saying, look, like, I, I had to step. I had to take a step back. I had to take a step back because it was not real to me. First of all, I was wasting too much time, entirely too much time. Right. I'm just thanking God that I was self-aware to realize, yo, I got to get rid of this. Yeah. I got to get rid of this. This is going to ruin your relationships with everyone. It's going to ruin your business. It's going to ruin everything. Right. A lot of people don't know that they're addicted. Yeah. They don't realize it. They think they just Especially chilling.
0: teenagers,
1: yeah. Yeah, they think they're just chilling. Da, 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 da. No, you're not chilling, bro. Like, you... Wasting time. You're
0: being drugged. Like yeah. you're literally. Like they being don't drugged.
1: understand you're being feeding endorphins going off in your yeah. head. Like it's science you know, scientific stuff. This is all studies. And once I did the homework, I was like, yo, man, I'm just gonna replace this habit with better ones. I'm just gonna go I'm gonna make sure I got books on Kindle. Like my library app, my local library, they have an app where you can get books for free. Right. You know, for fourteen days, you can borrow one from Kindle. I'm gonna go in there. Start borrowing ebooks, audio books, all this different stuff and, and, and consume information Nation. that way and listen to like, you know, podcasts, interviews for entrepreneurs and philosophy and stuff like that. Those are healthy Shit that actually
0: habits. enhances you versus seeing, you know, someone Exactly. Calm. And then you're gonna
1: realize, yo, I got more time on my hands. Right. Watch how you start thinking too. Watch right. how it changes your thinking. You're gonna be like, Yo, why am I happy today? Right. You gonna ask yourself because your body is going to be like, yo, I'm happy. Like, I'm not caught up in some shit. Like, I'm not looking at somebody else's reality and comparing mine to theirs. Right. This is real, you know? And so, while that didn't cause my anxiety, I stopped it because I didn't want it to. Yeah. You know, my anxiety was caused from, you know, just the struggles of entrepreneurship in general. Right. You know? Um, But... You know, there are people who literally are addicted to this thing. They got to they gotta get themselves off.
0: Last question. Are you yeah. happy right now? Hell yeah. Why?
1: Because I get to experience freedom. I get to go after freedom. Like that freedom I was talking about where I want it because I wanted money to give it to me. Right. I got it right now.
0: I got okay. it right now, man. You know? There we go. So- <laughs> Anthony Frazier is motivated by mortality. Last thing you got to do is sign this poster. Oh we yeah! Every no guest doubt, sign man. it.
1: Oh no doubt, man. No doubt. Biggest honor, wherever man. Wherever you want,
0: I appreciate it. It's an honor,
1: yeah. man. Like when you get huge and you get big and all
0: of that. Man. Your signature will still be on this poster. Oh, man. Yeah, this feels good. All right, oh, man. we're done. We're out.
1: Up, riding down the boulevard, clean. Young boy following his dreams. I've been making big plays. Big plays. Big plays. Motherfucker, hater if we try to switch ways We got liquor in the trunk and a little more smoke Take our minds off being broke We've been making big plays Big plays